So we do finish up our sermon series this morning, Glimpses of Jesus, today, by looking at one of the most, probably one of the two most iconic stories from the New Testament. And if one of those would be the Good Samaritan, then the other one would be the parable of the prodigal son. And so, uh, well, as one of my professors renamed that, also the parable of the loving father. And so, as you hear the story, I invite you to listen to this text from these three different perspectives and to wonder which of those lens do you most resonate with? Is it the the younger, wayward son? Is it the loving, grace-filled father? Is it the uh, older, faithful, but resentful brother? And to give a little bit of context for this story, this parable comes uh, right after two other parables about the lost sheep and the lost coin. So Jesus is teaching about lost and found. And at the beginning of this chapter, Luke sets this uh, whole teaching chapter up with a couple of important verses. And Luke says, verses 1 and 2, all the tax collectors and sinners were gathered around Jesus to listen to him. The Pharisees and the legal experts were grumbling, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus proceeds then to teach about the importance of celebrating, finding, and receiving those things which have been lost to God's kingdom. So imagine which of uh, these characters, the sinners, most resonated when they heard this story. And then imagine who the Pharisees most resonated when they heard the story. So from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. Jesus said, A certain man had two sons. The younger son said to his father, Father, give me my share of the inheritance. Then the father divided his estate between them. Soon afterward, the younger son gathered everything together and took a trip to a land far away. There, he wasted his wealth through extravagant living. When he had used up his resources, a severe food shortage arose in that country, and he began to be in need. He hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs." He longed to eat his fill from what the pigs ate, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have more than enough food, but I'm starving to death? I will get up and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Take me as one of your hired hands. So he got up and went to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion. His father ran to him, hugged him, and kissed him. Then his son said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Fetch the fatted calf and slaughter it. We must celebrate with feasting because this son of mine was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field. 
Coming in from the field, he approached the house and heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what was going on. The servant replied, your brother has arrived and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he received his son back safe and sound. Then the older son was furious and didn't want to enter in. But his father came out and begged him. He answered his father, look. I've served you all these years, and I never disobeyed your instruction, yet you've never given me as much as a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours returned after gobbling up your estate on prostitutes, you slaughtered the fattened calf for him. Then his father said, Son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. This is the word of God for all God's people. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Lord, help us to catch a glimpse of you this day through your teaching and your word so that others might catch a glimpse of you within each one of us. Amen. What a day. This was not the day that I thought we were going to have. It's not how it was going to end. I mean, this brother of mine has been gone for how many years? He comes back and all of a sudden we're just supposed to be happy about this? Can anyone understand why I might not be happy about this? I remember the day as clear as a bell when he asked father for his part of the inheritance. I guess he didn't want to to do the hard work of the family business. I don't know what he wanted to do. Go sow his wild oats just to go do what he wanted to do. But how disrespectful to our father to treat him as if he was already dead. And in my opinion, it was just stupid. It was just stupid. He only gets one-third of the inheritance anyway. I, as the older brother, gets two-thirds. And, well, since he's been gone, we've actually been doing pretty well. But all of that becomes my inheritance, not his. And, of course, what did he do? He did exactly what we thought that he would do. He would just go and go fast living, loose living, go right through that inheritance until he was desperate. What did the servant say? That he was so desperate he was feeding the pigs? The pigs? The unclean pigs? He should be in the temple all week this week doing purity uh, rituals. And instead, where is he? He's in our house with our family, with our friends, unclean, disgusting. (laughs) He has reaped the fruit of his foolishness. And yet, here he is. He's come back. Now, um, I know that Father thinks that he is repentant and he is sorry, but I doubt it. He just wants to live. He just didn't want to die. And what was it the servant said? That, That he ran to meet them? That he was just in the horizon? I bet that's two miles. That's two miles. And the last thing we need is for Father to have a heart attack. And you know... I don't ever remember him running towards me like that. Well, actually there was that time where uh, we exceeded our quotas on the barley. Um, 
harvest. And he did run to me that day at the end of it with pride and with joy in his face. And you know, there was that time we went fishing and I went up the river from him and I got so excited and I yelled out when I was trying to, to bring in this fish and he ran to me with joy and love in his face. But this, this is not the same. This is not the same at all. And, and yet, I'm supposed to just accept this brother, accept this party. And you see, I, I, what about me, right? Like, I'm the one that has been working out in the field all day long. I'm the one that um, has been faithful to stay here all this time. Like, why, why didn't he just treat him the way brother asked him to? I mean, he, he should have been brought right on into the servants' quarters. And instead, this? Bring him the nice robe? I, I've never even seen that robe before. Has he been saving this? Has this been set aside? Has father actually been waiting and expecting his son to come back? And the ring on his finger, at least it wasn't a signet ring. But still, it's pretty nice. I just don't get it. Like, I understand welcoming him back. I understand not shutting the door in his face. But I do not understand the extravagance of this party. And it makes me mad. I'm the one that stayed here all this time and worked. My gosh, I've been out in the field all day today. You would think they would at least send someone to tell me what's going on. No, I come back at the end of the day like I always do to the sounds and the smells of a party. This brother of mine has come back and we're supposed to be happy about this? In my opinion, this, all of this completely disregards my faithfulness, my obedience, all of my good, hard work all these years. Now, am I surprised that Father would react this way to him? Not really. Because if I'm being honest, Father always responds with grace and with love. But, but I don't understand this over-the-top extravagance. I mean, isn't there value in merit? Isn't there a higher value in doing what you're supposed to do and being faithful and following the rules and earning Father's love and faith? Shouldn't that be more rewarded than this need for forgiveness and grace? Well, I am trying to figure out what it is that I should do. Like, how should I feel about this? I don't want to acknowledge this party. I don't want to acknowledge my brother. So what am I going to do? Am I going to go in to this party? Am I going to forgive my brother? Or am I going to stay out here and enjoy this pity party I'm throwing for myself? It's true. Father did come out to me to try and coax me into the house. And I said to him... This son of yours, this son of yours has behaved badly. He has disrespected you. He has made horrible choices. And what did he say to me? <laughs> this brother of yours, as if I even want to recognize him as my brother. This brother of yours 
was lost and now he's found. He was dead and now he has come back to us. He is sorry. He, all he wants is for us to receive him. Well, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. When I think about it, I can still hear Father's voice, and I can still see the twinkle in his eye. And it was filled with just such this sense of love and acceptance, both for him and for me. And it's true, he did say that everything he owns is mine. And that he's been grateful and acknowledged the fact that I have been faithful to stay by his side and to work hard all of these years. He did say those things. But still, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I can do this. But I imagine it was pretty hard for a brother to come back. You know that it had to be horribly embarrassing to hit rock bottom like he did. And you also know he knew he was going to get a whole lot of I told you so's, and especially from me. My reaction to all of this, I am sure he is not surprised at all. But I wonder, I wonder if he is surprised by how Father has responded. When I think about brothers in our holy scriptures, those relationships are pretty rough. Cain and Abel, well, we're not there, thank goodness. Jacob and Esau, eh. Joseph and his brothers, eh. But the difference here is the reaction of our father. The way he ran to meet brother, the way he even came out to talk to me. Father is good like that. He comes and he meets us wherever we are. And he reminds us that there is enough love and grace for everyone. For each of us. So if I looked at my father, then I really can probably learn the lesson of how to learn how to forgive and love my brother. And if I look to my brother, if I'm honest, I also am reminded of how none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. And how all of us at some point or another need Father's grace. And maybe right now, in this moment, it's me who needs God's Father's grace most. It sure does smell good. And I sure am hungry because I've worked hard today. And as I'm listening, they are playing my favorite song. Mm. Shoot. I hate it when Father is right. And Father is always right. So at some point, at some point, we've all interacted with others and with God like all of these three characters. There have been times when we have, we have run as fast as we can away 
away from God, away from God's teachings, away from God's desire for us. And we said, no, thank you. We went on our way. And it usually never works out so well for us when we do that. We, at some point or another, will end up in the pigsty. We must learn our lessons the hard way, it seems. And then there's other times in our lives when we can relate to the loving father and we are so glad when someone important to us returns into our life in spite of the bad choices that they've made or even the poor treatment of us that they have, have, have given to us. And in some ways my family's going to be experiencing this very thing this week. With Thanksgiving I have a, a cousin who absolutely has lived a prodigal life for at least the last 12 years. And uh, when my family gathers on Saturday, he's going to be joining us. It'll be the first time my family has seen him in many years. And I pray that my family will respond like the loving father and not like the older brother. But my heart right now feels like the father who runs a long distance with arms extended in order to make sure my cousin knows how welcomed he is, no matter what? And then, of course, I portrayed what feels like the most frequent uh, view for some of us. We grumble like the Pharisees that Jesus is constantly focused on sinners and outcasts and not complimenting and affirming us on our faithfulness to God's teaching. And that mindset that merit should be rewarded well when instead God responds, responds to all with grace and with love, no matter what we actually deserve. So our challenge and our call this morning is to accept that amazing gift of grace and love that God offers to each one of us, and then to offer that grace and love to others with as much generosity as God has showered upon us. Our God is a good, good God who loves us dearly, who will throw a party whenever we return to God's loving embrace, who will run towards us. And that, that is something to be thankful for. Amen.